0: Hi, my name is Jackie Marcel, and I serve here at Heights Baptist Church in the children's ministry. Thank you so much for joining us today online. If you would like to connect with us, you can go to our Facebook page, you can go to our Instagram, or you can go to our website at heightschurch.org connect. Thank you for joining us. We have been in a series over the last uh, couple of weeks, we're wrapping up this morning called We All Know Someone, uh, that we all know someone that is going through some suffering. Uh, And so week one, we looked at how do we take care of people? How do we love folks that are hurting? How do we come alongside of them and and care for them? Uh, Last week, we looked at what God does in our suffering and how he provides for us, and he gives us grace and provision, how he builds our faith up in suffering. This morning, I want to talk to you about the advancement of the gospel in suffering, and I want to just kind of pose a question to you that I want you to answer just internally by yourself, not out loud, but just think of this, because how you answer this question is going to be really, really important, I think, for you to understand where we need to go in this message. So here's the question. In your life, do you believe that God exists to make you comfortable, to make you happy, to provide for you? So God exists for you, and you do not exist for him. Right, so I'm going to say again. So, so in your life, do you believe that God exists to provide for you, to make you happy, to make you comfortable, to make you safe, to give you everything you need? So, you do not, uh, you know, God exists for you, or do you exist for God? See, I, I think if some of you say this morning, hey, God exists for me, that, that God's up there in heaven and he exists to make me happy, to make me comfortable, to give me everything that I want in my life, if you take that kind of approach, in your relationship with God, here's what's going to happen. When suffering is introduced into that relationship, you're going to step back and you're going to say, that's not fair. God, you're not loving. God, you don't care about me. And God, you're not good. So if you kind of build your relationship with God on, on, on God, you exist for me and I don't exist for you, then when suffering comes into your life, the dynamic's going to change. And now you begin to question the character of God. You begin to question his motives. You begin to question his provisions. Maybe you had a really hard time singing that song never once because you go, wait a minute, I felt abandoned by God. I didn't feel loved by God when suffering came in. And so in this message and in this passage, I I love this passage because what's happening in Paul's life is Paul is in the midst of suffering and he's writing a letter to the church of Philippi with the main theme of the letter being joy. But he is in the midst of suffering, in prison, and he's writing all about joy in Christ. And what's so fascinating to me about these couple of verses we're going to look at together this morning is how Paul is showing you that the gospel is advancing through his suffering. All right, so Jesus is getting praise, the gospel's going out, not in spite of Paul's suffering, but through his suffering. So he's writing in a very unlikely place, prison to very unlikely people, the Romans, and he's showing them and he's showing me and he's showing you, here's an attitude we can have when we suffer, asking God to do something through our suffering and in our suffering for the benefits of others. And so here's two ways I want to encourage you to pray this morning when suffering happens in your life. So pray number one. Here's one way you can pray. Pray that God, through your suffering, advances the gospel. All right, so, so when you suffer, when you hurt, hurt, when you're going through those hard times, step back and pray, Lord, would you use this to advance the gospel? Okay, so I'm going to pray that God would advance the gospel through my suffering. So I want you to pick up in verse 12 in, a, in Philippians chapter 2. The apostle Paul writes this. He says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always, or excuse me, Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. Go to chapter one. Chapter Chapter two two is totally the word of God, God, but not the message that I was bringing. So let's go to chapter one in verse 12 and we'll go with that. Are Are you with with me? me? Right. Which Which chapter are we in? Chapter one. one. Okay, perfect. I'm glad you guys are on the ball today. Woo. Hopefully it will get better from here, folks. Chapter 1, verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. He says, So it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest uh, that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers have become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Here's one way you can pray. Pray that in your suffering... God uses that suffering to advance the gospel. I love what Paul says in, in verse 12. He says, I want you to know, brothers. All right? I want you to know, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how I'm doing So he's writing this letter to say, "Here's what's going on in my life. Here, here's what's happening to me." And Paul has a special bond with this church in Philippi. He really cares. He really loves them. Look in verses three through five of chapter one. He says, "I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, uh, all making my prayer with joy." He says in verse five, because of your partnership in the gospel from this first day until now. So we see a special bond that Paul has with the church of Philippi. He's saying, look, we're partners in the gospel, right? I care about you. You care about me. So I want you to know what's happening in my life. So verse 12, he says, All this is happening, I'm letting you know. And, and, and look when he says, I want you to know, brothers all that has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. That, that phrase, all that has happened to me, is kind of interesting because Paul could be saying, here's everything that has happened to me from Jerusalem to Rome. So So everything everything that's been been taking place from when I left Jerusalem to now, that would include a riot that broke out in in Ephesus when he was was preaching the gospel. That would include a two-year imprisonment in Caesarea. That would include multiple multiple threats on his life. That would include multiple beatings by mobs that he took for sharing Jesus. That would include a shipwreck on his way to Rome. That would include his house arrest in Rome right now. And that would include all the impending trials that he's facing being a political prisoner prisoner, right? So, so So Paul's saying, hey, all that's happened to me, here's what's going on, and I want you to know that God has given me a platform to share Jesus in the midst of my suffering. So in the midst of all that's happening, when somebody looks at Paul, he's like, man, that dude's just suffering like crazy. He can't catch a break. Paul's saying all of this is served as a platform for me to be able to share and to preach Jesus with others, Do you view your suffering like that? When you suffer, when you hurt, how do you view that suffering in your life? Is that the moment where you go, God, I don't know if you're good. Lord, I I don't know why you abandoned me. Lord, I thought you existed to make me happy and comfortable and wealthy and healthy and all those things. Or... Do you line up your life like the Apostle Paul and go, here is a platform now I have to share the gospel through my sufferings? Because a lot of people are gonna look at Paul and go, look, man, look, that's just another political prisoner of Rome. He's out there preaching Jesus. He's out there breaking the law. He's getting what he deserves. He's in prison. And Paul, do you notice what he said in verse 13? He's like, no, no, no. you know what? My chains, my chains are, bound, you know, binding me up. My chains are actually releasing me to preach Jesus. I'm a prisoner of Christ. I'm here because of Jesus. This is where God wants me right now in prison in order to share the gospel. Isn't that kind of crazy to think? You would go, wait a minute, wouldn't Paul be like way more effective out in the streets? <laughs> wouldn't Paul be way more effective right now, like out in this other village or this other village or going here? And he's like, nope, God wants me right here in this prison in order to advance the gospel. How many of you have thought about that when you're in the chemo room? How many of you thought about that when you're in the hospital? How many of you have thought of that way in, you in your home, in your workplace? that where God has you in the moment of life is where God wants you to be to have a platform to share the gospel with others around you. So, so this morning, morning, pray that God would use your suffering as a means to advance the gospel. Because notice what Paul says. He says, all this has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. You know, that, that word advance there, it's a really interesting uh, word in the Greek language. It means to forge, you know, ahead. To to cut a new territory is really what it means in the Greek. So think about it this way, like an army in a dense jungle, and they've got to continue to cut their way through the bush in order to advance to the enemy, That's what Paul's saying. This is cutting new path. It's forging ahead. It's moving ahead. The gospel is advancing right now from this prison cell in Rome out to others. Now notice what's advancing all right, because, because this is really, really important. important. He, he says, this has all happened to me to advance the gospel. All right, it's, it's happened so it advances, advances the gospel. gospel. Now, what is the gospel? Because that's actually a pretty churchy term, right? If you're not real familiar with church, a lot of times we come in and we have really churchy terms that we use. All right, so let me just say the gospel is a churchy term. And if you don't know what that is, it simply means this, it's good news, that's, That's what, what the gospel, gospel means. It's good news. Now, and it's not, not just any good news, but the gospel is specific good news, right? So when we use the term gospel, gospel even though it means good news, news like, hey, good, like, good, good news, gospel news. news, you get a raise tomorrow, tomorrow right? Good news, <moment DR politicians> gospel news. You know, what burger has, buy one, get one free burgers today, you yeah. know? Yeah. I almost I went, went to Chick-fil-A and I knew that was like totally wrong, you know? I would have felt bad, bad if someone who would have went down to Chick-fil-A after the service and like lined up for chicken sandwiches. sandwiches. They're, They're not, not open, open today, today, right? All right, right. so. Gospel means good news. A lot of times we share gospel messages with people on social media, in your life, like this just happened, it's good, that's gospel. When we use the term gospel, it's something very specific. It's the good news of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. So the Apostle Paul writes this about the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 4. And here's the gospel in a nutshell. He says, For I deliver to you, as of first importance... That which I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. That is the gospel. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, the life, the death, the burial of Jesus. Now, that good news, you need to believe in order to be saved. You cannot be a believer in Jesus Christ without believing in the gospel. It's not about earning your way. It's not about doing a bunch of other things. It's about receiving what Jesus Christ has done for you. So in order to be saved, you have to believe in the gospel and the personal work of Jesus. You have to receive that. So the gospel is how we're saved. So for some of you today, you need to do that right? Whether you're here, you're in your home, you need to right now believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And here's the good news. Here's the gospel. You don't have to wait till the end of the service. You can do it right now as I'm talking just right in your seat where you are. You could go, Jesus, I need you as my Lord and Savior, and right now I'm believing in Jesus. All right? So you can literally do that right now, believe in the gospel and be saved where you're sitting right now. All right? You don't have to come out at the end of the service or any of those things. You can do that right where you are. Place your faith in Jesus. Right? For some of you, you need to do that. All right? But understand this. The gospel is how we're saved, but it's the gospel that sustains us in the Christian life. so So as the believer in Jesus we we don't outgrow the gospel it saves us it sustains us so think about it this way you guys been enjoying the weather lately oh man it's been nice hasn't it like yes me and Mike Evans have been enjoying the weather thank you I don't know about you but I've not been noticing oppressive humidity here lately right so how many of you been enjoying the weather right there we go thank you audience participation is always great just helps helps me feel feel like I'm, I'm, you know, getting through through to you a little bit, We know that even though it's been low 80s and no, you know, slapping the face, oppressive humidity when you walk out the door, it's It's been great, but guess what? Those days are coming, right? Boo. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. See how I did that? I brought you up, and I just brought you right back back down. Got you excited, (laughs) and then I hurt you, but let me just get you excited again. Even though those summer days are coming and it's like, why do we live in Houston and it's 100 degrees and 100% humidity at 530 in the morning and it's like, oh. One of the things some of you love to do on a summer day is like jump in a swimming pool. And if you've ever jumped in a swimming pool on a really, really hot, humid, oppressive day, that water refreshes you, doesn't it? I mean, that first dive into the pool and you're like, wow, man, that felt good. That was awesome. I feel new. I feel alive. I feel refreshed. That water just felt so good. That's the gospel for the Christian. See, the gospel message is the diving board, how we get into the pool. That's the start of the Christian life. And then the gospel is what we swim in every day as believers in Jesus Christ. When we get to connect with Jesus every day in our lives, we're like, man, that's just like jumping in the pool on that hot day. Hey, refresh me. It's exciting. It's awesome. I feel better. Thank you, Jesus. So Paul is saying that the gospel is going out. It's advancing through my suffering. This is the platform God has given me. And I want you to notice who it's going to. So in verse 13, it's going out throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest, that my imprisonment is for Christ. Here's the neat thing. That word imperial guard, it, it really can mean two things coming out of the Greek language. First, it can mean like a barracks. So a place, right? So some take it to say, you know, this is like the barracks where all the guards, you know, live. And, and they rotate through. So the, the gospel, just kind of think about it that way, it's, it's going to the barracks, all right, where, they, where they're housed. Some think that the word means a special group of guards that were employed by the emperor, right? So it can be both. It can be one of those two things because we've also learned through church history that Paul more than likely had a guard with him, even though he was on house arrest for 24 hours a day. So think about it that way. Here's probably maybe like an eight-hour rotation, and the apostle Paul's like, man, that's fresh meat, right? maybe you're on a 12-hour rotation. Paul's like, I'm not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Let's talk. What do you want to talk about? I know a guy that I want to talk about for the next 12 hours. I got a captive audience, right? And so whether it is the barracks or whether it's the personal guard, just notice that the gospel is going out through his suffering. So this morning, pray that God would use your suffering to advance the gospel. But here's another way to pray. Pray that God would use your suffering to strengthen the faith of others. So first, I'm praying that the gospel advances through my suffering. But secondly, I'm praying that the gospel is used to strengthen the faith of others. So it's going out, but it's also being strengthened in the faith of others pick up in verse 14 with me. He says And most of my brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So Paul's saying first, the gospel is advancing through suffering, but also through my suffering it is now strengthening the faith of others. People are watching Paul. They are watching him in this moment to see if his faith was real. They are watching him in suffering, being unjustly prisoned, being beaten at times, to see if he really believed what he said he believed about Jesus. When you suffer, people watch you. Whether it is a Christian or a non Christian, people are watching. They're watching to see if your faith is real. Or is your faith only built on the concept that God is there to make you happy and wealthy and wise? And when that doesn't happen, you take a walk. See, people want to know, when the rubber meets the road, when the going gets tough, do you keep going as a believer in Jesus Christ? That was Paul. And Paul says, now watch, it's just amazing me. Through his suffering, the gospel is going out and, and people are being saved. But through his suffering, people are being strengthened right? Their faith is being built up. That word speak in verse 14, he says they're much more bold to speak the word without fear, means everyday conversations. So in everyday conversations, people's faith was being built up because Paul's suffering in prison, because Paul's showing them, hey, I'm a real Christian, and here's what it really means to follow Jesus. The gospel is advancing, and the gospel is building people up. Let me encourage many of you here this morning, because I know a lot of personal stories in here today, and some of you are doing this tremendously well. Right now as a church, we're having just some some periods of suffering with a lot of our members, and what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing are beautiful, beautiful stories of how you're coming alongside of each other, you're caring for each other, you're continuing to provide, you're continuing to uphold people and pray for people and encourage people. I mean, I'm hearing stories out of our, out of our comfort circle, uh, people going through grief, people going through addictions, people going through loss, people going through cancer, just all kinds of things that right now, you as a congregation, as hard as it is, are suffering well together. And let me say thank you to that. Thank you. Thank you for being the body of Christ, because this morning, we want to continue to pray, Lord, spread the gospel through our suffering. Let it advance. Let it cut in new territory, come Help into somebody's, to somebody's life so that they're saved. But let us pray that we suffer well, that the faith of others are being built up. Because I know at times suffering can just be hard. And for some of you, you are going through gut-wrenching, hard, hard times. And let me encourage you, don't quit. Don't, don't give up. Keep going. Keep advancing the gospel. Keep building up the faith of others. You know, this past week, I had an opportunity uh, to go to the medical center and do some uh, hospital visits. And I was up there to do uh, three hospital visits. Had two of our members up in the medical center right now. And then uh, talking with one of our church members, they were like, you know, I I know somebody up in the med center. If, you know, you're ever up that way, like, can you go visit them? I was like, sure. Yeah, actually, I'm going this week. And so we arranged for me to go. And and listen, I, I didn't know this person at all. They didn't know me at all, right? So to, like, get into MD Anderson to go see him, it was like Fort Knox breaking into that joint. I mean, it was crazy. I went to the front, and, you know, I was like, hey, I'm here to see such and such. And she was like, "Okay, hey, like, hey, do you have an ID? And I was like, here's my ID. I had my Heights Baptist shirt on, thank goodness. She was like, well, do you have a business card to prove you're a pastor? I was like, you know what? I'm fresh out of cards, but if you want to go to heightschurch.org like gonna be on the website you know so like yeah I'm a pastor like I don't think many people like lie about that kind of a job you know like doctors lawyers nobody lies like I'm a pastor Woo-hoo, you know like yeah you know and, and then said, so like, we're gonna have to call up to the room see if you can get in I was like look they're not gonna know me but here's a show her the text messages and call up, and the, the guy's, guy's like, we don't know who that guy is. So the son, like, comes like, down to meet me in the lobby. He's like, who are you? I was, I was like, look, look, I'm a pastor of Heights. Like, you know, and, and so, so I'm showing him the text, text messages of how all the family connections, connections work, work, and it's, it's kind, kind of, of cool, one of those, like, you, you got, got to draw out the family tree to make it all work. And the, the guy was like, well, my dad's not about to, like, die today. Are you a priest to do last rites? Nope, totally misread the shirt. Heights Baptist Church. Not not that. I'm like, look, man, I'm just here to pray for him and encourage him best I can. You know, he's like, all right, well, come on up. You know, so we get up again. God doesn't know me. I don't know him. Yeah, we're, we're having a good time and so, get a conversation. And, and so we, we talk. Yeah, it was a great visit. I was there for almost probably half hour. So the gentleman in the bed, I finally look at him. I'm like, look, can I just ask you a question? I was like, do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life? And just at the end of the day, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life? And he's like, well, I'm a Presbyterian. Okay, not what I asked. You know, and so I looked at him, I was like, I don't care if you're a Presbyterian. I really care at the end of the day, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life? And he was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, okay, great. And we followed up a little bit with that. And I looked over to his son. And, and his son was a little older than I was. And I said, look, I'm going to ask you the same question. I mean, like, I, got I got a captive, captive audience. I'm like, you know, I've already <laughs> made my, my way, way breaking into this joint. Case. You know, I was like, like, do you do believe that you Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your no. life? And, and he, he said, said, well, I'm, I'm not, not very religious. religious. Okay. And, and so, so we talked. We, talk. Talk. we, we got, got a chance to share the gospel for about, about 10 minutes with him, with him as well. And he said, you know, I'm not ready to receive Christ today, but you give me some things to think about. I was like, all right. So I've been praying for him through this week. But, but then, then as I'm walking, walking from MD Anderson over to Texas Children's Hospital, I just, just kind of stop on the sidewalk. And, and if you've been down in the med center, I mean, you've got all these huge buildings all around you and all these major medical centers and all these doctors and all these nurses. And I just kind of pause on the sidewalk and I just stand there. And I'm like, Lord, I'm just so glad in heaven we don't have any hospitals. There's no doctors. There's no nurses. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no preachers praise the Lord in heaven, right? I mean, like, I just right there in the middle of the medical center, I'm like, Lord, thank you, thank you, that as the believer in Jesus Christ, this is not our future. That's the good news. That even in suffering, you and I can say, even as gut richly hard as it is in the moment, that we are not defined by our suffering, our suffering to define us. What you have today in your life that you're suffering with, that's not who you are in Jesus. That's what you have. You're a son and a daughter of Christ as a believer in Jesus. You may have something that you're not carrying into eternity because of what Christ has done. So when you and I suffer, we can step back and go, this isn't our future. Though we may suffer for a while, though we may suffer hard, we may suffer long, we don't suffer for eternity because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is good news. Amen?
1: Let's pray together.
0: Hi, I want to thank you for watching today's message. And I want to just leave you with one final question. If you were to die today and to stand before the Lord in judgment... And God just asks you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? You know, common answers a lot of times people will say, well, I've been good. I've tried to obey, you know, all the laws. Or I've tried to do everything you wanted me to do, God. Um, You know, sometimes folks say, well, you know, I grew up going to church. But really, the answer the Bible gives us is the only way we get into heaven and the only reason we're welcomed into God's heaven is because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that it is Christ who knew no sin, who became sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And so what that means is simply this, that Jesus Christ, who is fully God and fully man here on this earth, He lived a sinless life. Uh, he obeyed God perfectly. He obeyed everything. Never once did He sin but then they put him on a cross. You know, the the religious leaders, the Romans, they didn't like him, so they crucified him. But while he was there on the cross as God's son, all of our sin, my sin, your sin was put upon him. The Bible says that uh, the Lord had laid upon him the iniquity of us all. That means this, that Jesus at that very moment, even though he had never sinned in his life, became sin for you. He became sin for me. And now, because Jesus died on that cross for us, He was put in the tomb and three days later rose again, that the Bible says when we receive Him in our lives, we choose to follow Him, that we now get His righteousness. And so God sees Jesus in us, and now we're declared not guilty. And we have a relationship with God now that lasts throughout all of eternity. And so that great exchange takes place in your life When you say yes to Jesus Christ, you turn from your sin. You place your faith, your trust in Him as the Lord and Savior of your life. So I want to encourage you to do that today. You can simply just pray right where you're along with me. And, uh, you know, this prayer isn't magical by any stretch of imagination, but the Bible tells us to call out to the Lord uh, for salvation. So you can just bow right where you are and simply pray, Dear God, today I'm ready to follow Jesus. I want to turn from my sin and find forgiveness and life in Christ. Thank you, God, for saving me. You know, friend, if you've prayed that, I encourage you to let us know because we want to come alongside of you, encourage you, answer questions, and help you along that journey with following Jesus. So you can connect with us at heightschurch.org connect, heightschurch.org connect, and just fill out that decision form And we will be in touch with you. So thank you for watching today. And uh, please, we encourage you, if you're in our area, uh, join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. or find us here again on YouTube and Facebook. God bless.